welcome to The Sinner and the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. You know, I'm glad that I read this article recently because I've always been on the fence about a cruise, right? Except I don't like tight spaces, I don't like a lot of people, and also the feeling of having no control scares me a little bit. Well, then I read this article and they talk about how this cruise line barreled through this storm. Like the storm was so bad. These waves were coming through and they crashed and broke windows while the people are stuck in their cabins and no one's giving them any communication. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. You need to listen to that. I've been on one cruise. I've never talked to you about, okay, so it's a good idea. I'm not going to that. One and done girl. Okay. Okay. We also had a crazy storm where they even had to cut off anyone from going outside because it was so windy and so rough. They were scared people were going to get tossed overboard. Right. And the waves were like crashing. No, none of our windows were broken that I'm aware of or not mine anyway. Um, (laughs) But the waves were crashing. If you were in your room up over your window, like crazy insane. And even they had barf bags all down the hallways. Even the crew was sick. So when I was just holding my breath, that would be so terrifying to me. I wasn't terrified. I was just like so done. And how then, long did it last? The whole way back. Like, is that days? Yeah, that's like a whole <gasps> day. Oh. And then the worst part, I still have PTSD and nightmares about this. I'm not kidding. So you want, today we're talking about like getting stuck at the crossroads. Right. And not being able to move forward because God has you in that holding pattern. <laughs> When you get off of the cruise ship, you have to do it in an orderly fashion. So you meet, everybody meets in these specific (laughs) places, like you're assigned a place. And we got there, like, we were the first people there, us and our crew that we went with friends and family. Um, Anyway, we get there and we're like first in line to go down the elevator and all these people get in the elevator. I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I just... I cannot get in the elevator with 12 people. So I was like, I'm going to, I even carried my luggage. I was like, I'm going to take the stairs and then several others. Cause you just had to go down. I don't know, like two flights, two or three flights of stairs. I just didn't care. Like I was so tired of being in confined spaces. Right. And so we get down to that level on the stairs and you couldn't get off on that level. They had closed it off so that you could only get off the ship through the elevator. Oh my gosh. Then you go back up the stairs with your stuff. Yes. And then get in line to go get on the elevator. So is your off. husband like, what happened to Alex? No, because he was with me. Like Thank a bunch goodness. of, a, a bunch yeah. of us were like feeling the same way. Like, yeah, let's just take the stairs. And they didn't tell us no. Right. And, but then you get down there and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm trapped. I am never getting off this thing. I still oh. have nightmares about it. Sounds like Ikea for me. (laughs) I get really lost and I feel really stressed out. At least there are little arrows there though. And there's food along the way and lots of exits and bathrooms. And little places to sit down and pretty things to look at. Ikea stresses me out. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't go on a cruise. Girl. (laughs) And just all those little fingers and buffets. Oh, gosh. Anywho. How long ago was that? Um... That was seven, nine years ago now. Wow. (laughs) Eight or nine years ago. (laughs) Well, you sold me. Like, my thing is, I like to be on the beach. I don't, boats are not fun for me. And I understand, you know, I just talked to a friend that went on one and he's like, there's so much going on. There's always entertainment and there's clubs and there's, and I'm like, meh. We did like when we got off the boat. (laughs) But, But then you're like, 
micromanage. Like my husband was like, we got to one and he said, all right, see y'all back in Raleigh. I am not getting on the boat. I'm not getting back on the boat. I'm going to find a way back, but it's not on the boat. I mean, obviously he got back on the boat, but he was like so sick of the boat. So same. That's what I would do. But actually, actually I probably wouldn't get on the boat. Yeah. We thought about it. I've actually had, sometimes I have to think, oh, if there's two plane rides, there's a chance I'm not getting on the second one because I just, <laughs> yeah. So that's a lot. So if, if you like cruises, I think it's great. And I think there's, there are people that love them. And then there's people like me who are just like have been on one and maybe a riverboat cruise down the Mississippi one day will be like all I do on a little tiny cute boat that serves only gourmet food without a bunch of people that shouldn't be in bathing suits <laughs> and thongs. <laughs> Gross. Yes, eating French fries. So you know what would be good for you? What? My dad rented a catamaran in the BBIs one time for oh, like two weeks. I think yeah. that's more your jam. Yeah, that sounds fabulous. Okay, do that and then tell me how that was. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> okay great. I'll, I'll tell Matt. <laughs> well, all right. So that was a long intro. But um, as you can tell, sometimes when we are stuck unexpectedly mm-hmm. in a place where we aren't making any forward motion, where God has us in this place of growth or, well, it is growth um, and challenge and trial and just uncertainty. Sometimes in the Christian life, we call it the desert. Yeah. You know, because like you can't really, there are mirages and you may think you're getting out and it's hot and it's uncomfortable and you're thirsty and it, all bad things, right? Kind of like being stuck on the cruise. But there are so many ways that we might respond in these situations. <laughs> Today's episode is stressing me out. I know. Now I need water. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so let's see. Some of our coping mechanisms, let's call them coping mechanisms for when we get into these stressful holding patterns, like when we're sitting at the railroad crossing and there's a super long train there. Okay, so I just told you one. Yeah. My water. Yes. Um, It's my emotional support water bottle, as your daughter calls it. Mm -hmm. I drink too much water because it is like my blankie. And I have it everywhere I go, don't I? You, yes. But you, you're you working on it. I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't taken a sip ever since we started this episode. <laughs> she she might. I'm going to tell you when she takes a sip. I think she's going to have to. I actually am trying not to right now. <laughs> and then also, okay, you want to know all my mechanisms? I mean, there are many. I'll tell you a few. Yeah, let's do it. Yesterday. There's, there's lots yesterday, in the world. I was cleaning, like, everything. I had the vacuum extend thing out and I'm vacuuming wow. the corners of the ceiling and the yeah and I never know when it's going to strike I've never vacuumed my ceiling BT oh. dubs I mean like you the come back corners home. like the cobwebs or no. the ceiling fans or the tops of the pictures no sometimes I do a little dusty thing yeah you know, so that's, that's one of my things oh, my brother okay. calls me, me tweaking he so said she's tweaking that's avoid avoidance i'm good at that right and you're just like trying to ignore it by keeping yourself busy yes agreed yes that's one of the coping mechanisms we ignore the train we ignore <laughs> <laughs> we just we don't want to deal with the situation with the circumstance with the the lesson and so we just ignore it for a while yeah mm. And then, unfortunately, when you sit there long enough and it just, it's like this. Somebody's knocking at the door constantly, constantly, constantly. (laughs) (laughs) But we do, um, and then we we get frustrated because of that. Yeah. So there's frustration that Mm. comes out. 
But my house is clean. That's great. <laughs> That's great. That, that could be a positive. But I think also in that cleaning, there's an isolation yes. as well. We isolate ourselves when we're avoiding. We are isolating ourselves from others. Uh-huh. We're isolating ourselves from God. That is one of the big coping mechanisms as well. I feel so judged right now. I never turn my ringer on. <laughs> I've never turned my ringer on. Oh, good. I just let it vibrate. I mean, it does vibrate. Oh, no, mine's... Oh, well, that's... I just think that's healthy boundaries. Thank you. We're going to call it healthy boundaries Because we didn't always carry our phones around with us. Like, if we weren't at home, you were not getting us. True. You know? And then you had to wonder, what was she doing? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, that's not avoidance. Okay. I don't think. That's healthy boundaries. Sometimes we fall into a sin pattern in these holding spots we fall back into um finding strength or finding i guess peace and joy and a little bit of happiness like in shopping too much or eating too much or drinking too much or um oh gosh i mean you netflix binging i mean you you name it yes we have so many great ways to distract ourselves and to avoid the things that we're supposed to be doing and numb ourselves numb is a good word absolutely which Really, that leads to then some guilt can set in, depression can set in, discouragement sets in. And so all of these, all of these things, ask yourself today, like, what are my go-to coping mechanisms when I feel stuck? When I feel like I'm, God has me in a tight spot trying to figure something out, mm. you know, understand something from my childhood or an insecurity or a relationship or you just don't feel connected to him like what is going on in your heart in those moments and then how are you coping uh with rap music yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes this was such a huge gestalt which means awakening that's a good word Mm -hmm. Mm, we'll have to figure out how to spell that you probably already know g-e-s-t-a-l-t i think nice gestalt so I was driving and a friend and I had spoken and there was just a lot of heaviness going on for her. And I felt myself connecting to her story because I knew, so her dad's passing away. Mm-hmm. I knew her dad. I know her dad spent a lot of time with him. And then I, and then I was like projecting that onto myself about, oh my gosh, what if this was my dad? What if I was in her situation right now, sitting next to my dad just waiting for him to pass. And the emotion was so much. Mm-hmm. And I kind of processed it what seemed like forever. It was probably 10 minutes. And then I just said, I've got to listen to some rap music. Interesting. And so now, you know what? There's lots of different kinds of rap. So mine is not necessarily thug in all the time. Anyways, we all... <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. <laughs> um, so... I just turned it on because I wanted to numb myself. Um, and when I turn on the rap, because I'm like, why am I reaching for rap music right now? And of course, I'm thinking I could be reaching for lots of other bad things. But okay, because this all of a sudden, it brings me back to like strong childhood Melissa. And that mm-hmm. was my way of like armoring up kind of for whatever was happening in my life at the time. Right. And so it is like a peace moment for me to do that. Because it just puts up, it just like all your walls go up. Your, Almost your immediately, like pushing mm-hmm. the button if you're Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that analogy. Um, 
right. It's like, but we can't stay there. Right. But at that point, I was just tired and done feeling it. Yeah. So. I do think that there are, I mean, that's how you were coping so that you didn't get too far into, mm-hmm. you know, something. But it depends on what you're using to cope, right? Because if you struggle with alcoholism and you decide, I just need one drink to get over this hump and cope for this moment, that's not a good plan. Right. Listening to rap music for one song is totally different. And so there, you know, you have to balance all that out and think about it. Because sometimes we do need a break and it is good to step outside of those feelings for a moment. Yeah. We need to, even in the saddest moments and the most difficult moments, we need to laugh. Mm. You know, I most, most recently had a friend who was in an accident and had a a severe spinal cord injury. And um, we are praying that she will walk again and be able to use her hands. But it has been really scary and really hard and very challenging. She's the breadwinner in the family, very active. And here she is. Right. And so I was laughing with her one day recently and I was like, all right, your job is to learn how to give me the middle finger. You know, like sometimes you just have to laugh in those moments Yeah, in the misery. You can't sit in the misery all the time. Mm, yes. Um, but anyway, beyond, so we do need to laugh. Yeah. So if we're, we're going to switch over to how should we respond in those moments where we're sitting at the, we should ask questions of ourselves mm. like you did in the car. Why am I turning on rap right now? Yeah. You know, and understanding that, you asking yourself and being able to answer that question was a huge insight to yourself. It really was. And I was like, wow, I am 48, almost 49. And I just figured this out. Uh, We just never quit learning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still learning stuff. Asking ourselves those questions like, why am I reacting like to, you know, in this particular way? And then praying, Mm -hmm. asking God, having conversations with him, like sometimes we don't know the answers. Right. Like that came pretty quick. Sometimes we have to sit in it and ask God to reveal it. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, I have been working on like triggers and defense mechanisms and just kind of being aware of them in my life in all different aspects. Mm-hmm. And so that just kind of fell in line with a lesson that I've already been learning of, you know, different areas. So I love that. Yeah. It's just multi-layered. I'm growing up, girl. I'm growing up. <laughs> I mean, not up. Sadly, physically, I'm not growing up. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I think worship and gratitude is another, another thing that can be so challenging in these moments. Because mm. think about waiting somewhere that you don't want to be. Like, if you're sitting, waiting for a really long train to cross the tracks, you got a thousand things you want to do, you have all your plans, and you just have to sit there and watch those little train cars go by, right? And it's so annoying and frustrating. But if we'll pause for a minute and think about what do I have to be grateful for? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, most recently I've been really grateful I can floss my teeth. Yeah. You know, thinking about my friend and just these little tiny things in life that we just overlook and take for granted um, so easily. And in those moments, we can't be bitter and frustrated if we're like, God, thank you for this. Thank you for that. And this blessing and that blessing. And I also think about those stories like, well, I'm sitting here for a while. 
So what is God saving me from on the other Mm. side that I was like rushing towards? Yeah. And he's like, no. And I mean, physically that could be like, you know, I'm, we're talking about sitting at like the train track or the red light or whatever, but in life we can rush forward into our plans and not be ready and relationships and things like that and not be ready. And and then we get this, yeah, sorry about that. We get a pause for whatever reason and we don't understand, but we just don't have the eyes to see what God may be protecting us from Yeah, or how he's growing us so that when we do step into that, yes, we are ready for it. Mm-hmm. And appreciative. I was thinking about that today. I was folding lots of laundry at about 630 this morning and I was just uh, thinking, I'm just thankful that I have laundry for kids that I can fold like these little shorts and they're not going to be little forever. And they're Mm -hmm. not really little right now anyways, but you know, (laughs) and I just think, you know, and then I find myself praying for other people that might be having a hard time that happen to know are having a hard time, you know, like, yes, I know that this person is having a hard time with their time right now. So God, just bless them. It's just an interesting ripple effect and how your active obedience and saying, I'm going to be thankful that I'm pulling this laundry can turn into a prayer and worship for somebody else. Right. Oh, yes, that is beautiful. I love that. It's so true. And then I think one of the other ways that might be really helpful is I always think, okay, sometimes I actually say this out loud because I really need to know, God is not surprised by this. You know, when (laughs) things happen to us, we are often like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting this. Okay, I've got to reevaluate everything. I've got to get a new game plan. I've got to erase all these things. I've got to start fresh. I'm in panic mode. God doesn't panic. He's not surprised. Like he's already planned for this. He's not like having to put you on the back burner. He's right there with you. And I just reminding myself of that perspective goes a long way. It's so true. <laughs> I immediately picture like a den mother getting ready for like, a camping trip with a bunch of scouts. Mm. She's got everything, right? Yes. <laughs> totally. God's like, don't worry. I, I already I got have you. that covered. Oh, yeah. I already thought mm-hmm. about that. I already thought about things you don't even know you should be thinking about. Okay. All right. <laughs> it was so hard to to keep that perspective, I think. And then... But know, I think that statement is such a great statement to like bring you back in the moment. It does. God is not surprised by this. And, and then that really ties into consent, you know, remembering that our hope... The hope that we have of eternity is not built on what will happen next Mm. once the train passes, once the light turns green, once we get out of the desert. It's not based on that. It is what has already happened that our hope is built on. So I just listened to a fascinating, I was thinking we're paralleling, but we definitely are, um, sermon. And it was a summit sermon. It was over Memorial Day weekend. And it was uh, Pastor Brian, and he was talking about when Moses went up to write the tablets, mm-hmm. and then he was gone for 40 days. What did the people do? Right? Oh, boy. And so it was like, <laughs> what do you do in the waiting? Right. That is your idol. So true. Oof. It's that coping. That yes. is That's what we turn into an idol. Yep. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Okay. So, you guys... Go on your podcast, look up Summit, and it was Memorial Day weekend. It was so good. So many notes. Great. Yes, and it totally ties in. You'll get way deeper information than with right. a 20-minute podcast. But, you know, switching our perspective in those moments and getting outside of our 
natural coping mechanisms and sin patterns, you know, to follow these other idols and to fall into our guilt and, you know, the, just the negative mindset and switch it to hope and to the blessings and to the praise and to the worship and to eternity and keeping our eyes focused on that. And I'm not saying this is easy, okay? Disclaimer, this is not easy. This takes effort and discipline. And just and have to do it again and again and again. Again and again and again. And you, and we, yes. and you, <laughs> will always stumble and fall in this and need to be reminded yes. along the way. And But God loves us, and so it's fine. Yeah. You know, but keep pushing forward. Keep, you know, not, we don't like the word striving. Yeah. But, you know, keep your eyes on him and try to keep moving forward in the patterns that are healthier, that keeping your eyes focused on what has already happened, that Jesus died on the cross. You're going to heaven. You're going to live forever. If you believe in him. Yeah. We know how the story ends. End of story. It's all about him. That's why you always see, you know, Moses. And when the leaders were taking taking over leadership in the old Testament, they are reminding the people about God's goodness before so they yes. could remember who it was their faith was in and their hope was in. So maybe today you have to go and you have to remind yourself who your hope and your faith is in. It's not in our economy. It's not in our politics. It's not in our school system. Your faith and hope is in God. That's and right. the great thing is nobody can change him. And I would just add a little side post-it note. Yes. Same for your kids. Oh, yeah. Because we can get real called up in the what-ifs. And what that looks like, what will happen for our kids, you know, college and school and grades and jobs and marriage and all the things. Trust God with that, too. Mm. Nothing we can do about it. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Pray. We got that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for sitting at the cross stop with us. See you next time. Is it the cross stop? I don't think that's a word. Cross stop? Um, The crosswalk? Crosswalk. Crossroads. The railroad crossing. I don't know. Thanks for sitting at the stoplight with us. (laughs) We really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on The Center in the Saint.